0: Hello, welcome to another weekend. Astounding that another one is upon us. So swiftly after the last one, but such is life at the moment. And welcome to the sound of the start of it for so many of you. The NTT20 betting show with me, Ali Maxwell, and with him on the line,
1: George Ellick. George, how are you doing? You look well. It's interesting that you you still say on the line, because when me and you host the Totally Football League show Extra Time, Mm. our producer, Abby has told you to stop saying that because it makes it sound like I'm your guest and not your co-host. So it's quite telling that you still choose to say that when we do the pods without a producer who is on the line. I should listen to Abby. She is, after all,
0: an award-winning producer. But I don't yes. know. I mean, you are on the line. And, I, and, you know, I'd, I'd like to make that clear. You're with, also on the line. I'm not on the line for me. I'm I'm here. Maybe you're on my line. Well, you should say that. You should make that clear okay. then. I, okay. I mean, okay. I think that's a given. I, I'm going to keep that in mind. I just think it's nice for the listeners to know when we're together and when we're just looking at each other on Skype. Like I'm right now I'm watching you bite your fingernails, which some people have as a very negative character trait. But I know it's just how you like to wind yourself up before telling me about your bets for the weekend. Before we get into naps and next bests and long shots, um, basically at the forefront of my mind at the moment, is the Skybet EFL Rewards Predictor. Because in the month of December, as you guys know, there's £1,000 up for grabs for those who come top of the leaderboard in each division every single game week. And the reason it's at the forefront of my mind, twofold. A, I'm absolutely horrendous at this, it turns out. And B, the time's ticking. The clock is ticking. Just a few more game weeks where this applies, where the competition is still going strong,
1: George. And we've got to be better, don't we? <laughs> yeah, we <we're... laughs> We said that last week when we both got four. We said we've got to be better. We've got to do more. This midweek, we both got three. But, you know, we often talk on the betting show about variance, Ali, don't we? You know, variance. Often managers are sacked after a run of results, which is just a bit of bad luck game by game. And then the club pull the plug and then things turn for the better. So I'm calling it variance. I reckon the reason why we are not getting sevens, eights, nines, even tens, every week is because they're coming they're around the corner so i'm not going to sack myself i implore you not to sack yourself we're recording this at 4:50 on thursday the research started i was gonna say the research starts now but it started three hours ago when i started researching for this very podcast so i would love it I would love it if I win £1,000 on Saturday on the Skybet EFL predictor.
0: And all you are asked to do is enter the win-draw-win predictions ahead of each round of fixtures, 12 games um, in each division. The the top of the leaderboard will win £1,000 courtesy of Skybet um, for each division in each December round of fixtures. That's selected fixtures from the 1st of December to the 29th of December. This is for over 18s only and further T's and C's do apply. But please, please, we've got, what have we got? We've got this weekend, we've got Boxing Day and we've got one round of midweekers after Boxing Day. And surely, surely, surely one of us somewhere can win this £1,000. So download the Skybet EFL Rewards Predictor app and play the predictor this weekend for your chance at winning a bag of sand. Please also remember that this podcast is for over 18s only. The subject is betting and betting comes with significant risks and you can learn all about those at begambleaware.org. Please do visit that website if you're not across the significant risks that come around gambling. We just ask that you guys never bet more than you can afford to lose. Uh, George, last week you did well with a, a winning nap with Pompey at Ipswich. That was about as comfy as they get. And Brentford also got a win for you at Forest. So a decent week for yourself. But another you. another poor week for myself. A, a, a blank, in all honesty. I apologise for anyone who I managed to persuade to back uh, any of my picks. That Wigan-Accrington game was a very tough watch in at Quest last weekend, I must say. Even more so when Wigan went and lost 5-0 at home to Rochdale in midweek. That was a bit of a sickener, I have to admit. But we're back at it again this week. Let's hope for some goodness. Uh, two weeks ago, we had a double nap. And last week, we had a double next best. And my spidey senses tell me that we've got another joint pick this week. Although for you, it's a nap. And
1: for me, just the next best. Uh, talk me through it. Yeah, it's Gunthorpe at 17-10 to 10 away at Grimsby. Um, two sides who are <clears throat> pretty close together in the league table in League Two, but in truth, a poles apart in terms of the football that they're playing and the runs of form that they're on because Scum thought were terrible at the season start, but if we're looking at the form guide, the form table, they are sitting pretty in 13th. They've won three of their last six games, losing three as well. But, they come up against a. And um, sorry, and of those three wins, um, if you look at their last six away games, they've also won three of their last six and lost three. So decent enough on the road as well. If you look at Grimsby, on the other hand, it's pretty desperate. They have picked up four points from their last six games. And, you know, it, it's too simple just to say Grimsby are rubbish, they're going to lose this game because. They have a manager in Ian Holloway who deserves an immense amount of our respect. And in the last hour or so, he's taken to social media to write a remarkable thread, um, which reads, you know, he, he's somebody who's brought into the football club. He, you know, he uprooted his his family to move there. He invested himself into the club um, as a means of showing his his commitment because, you know, it was a fairly big move for somebody who's managed pretty recently the championship and has and I would hazard a guess of probably making better money from his media career than he would be from taking a job at Grimsby Town in League Two. Off-field issues have plagued Grimsby in recent times. Um, the owner, John Fenty, is not the most popular man at the club. Um, you know, it's one of those classic ones where when they're not doing too well, he's very unpopular. When they're doing OK, it kind of seems to move to the side. There have been rumours of takeovers in the last couple of months that haven't come off. And if you read, I'm not going to read the whole thing because it's in classic Ollie style. It's kind of 12 tweets long it's very emotional um it reads to me like a bit of a distancing himself from the board and aligning himself closer to the fans he says he's going to use social media much more to get his voice his opinions across he says that there's plenty of mud to sling but he's not going to sling it um and he's obviously looking for a reaction here he said he's not going to walk away he's completely committed to the cause of getting Grimsby back up the league now I, I in no way would doubt Ian, Holloway, Ian Holloway's ability to do this. But rather than seeing this as a positive and a platform from which they're going to spring, I think this is just a snapshot into the mess that Grimsby Town are in at the moment. Um, things off the pitch and on the pitch are, are pretty disastrous. And they're coming up against the side in Scunthorpe who are pretty buoyed by their recent run of form, who in Neil Cox have weathered the storm that Grimsby are currently going through and have come out on the, on the other side. Um, even kind of going in player by player. I mean, there are enough Grimsby, Grimsby players that I respect who, who I think should be doing it at this level. Luke Waterfall was sent off late in their game against Southend, which is a massive loss for them. Because and Insomacita.
0: because they released Ludovic Oman a few weeks ago. so And Bilal Moshny. And famously Bilal Moshny. But it means that they're... They're likely to start with Matty Pollock at centre-back alongside Duncan Idahan. Uh, that is a 19-year-old and an 18-year-old next to each other, which is uh, probably not ideal.
1: And, and we have Abo Issa, who is in rampant form at the moment. He's somebody who, I think, when he's good, can be very good at this level. Um, it's just, it, it, you know, I, I don't agree with the prices suggesting that the Grimsby are the um, are the better, are the more likely team to win this game. And I'm not going to draw in a bet, as I often sometimes do, because I just think there's every chance if, you know, Grimsby could really down tools here. Um, I'd rather boost my coffers with a prospect. I mean, I'd even look into backing minus one probably as well. Um, I hope brighter days and happier days are around the corner for, you Holloway and Grimsby. Um, and I think, the move, you know, what he's done today might be the catalyst for that. Um, but in terms of the prices on Saturday, I'd have to see some evidence of improvement on the pitch before getting involved. Yeah, it's quite the state of affairs off the pitch
0: and the way that it has kicked off even more so than previously in the last week or so. It's it's worth getting yourself across that this betting show is not the time for that, but the the fishy forum um run by Grimsby Town fans is one of my favorite EFL online haunts uh, and that will keep you up to date with uh, with all the goings on fair to say the Relationship that has emerged between the owner of the club, John Fenty, and a convicted fraudster uh, who's been spotted at the at the ground, and uh, that's not gone down too well. And it's all big fallout from that, which Holloway has commented on today. Not ideal preparation for this game, it's fair to say, uh, especially as George mentioned with Luke Waterfall suspended for it. Um, I should add that that is not my nap, but it is one of my picks. And you might think to yourself you guys should really chat like an hour before the pod and make sure you're not doing the same picks because then you could have an extra one and you'd be right <laughs> and you'd be right but Thursdays are busy we like to to come to our own conclusions independently of each other uh, and unfortunately I only learned that that was George's nap just before the start of the show but yes Scunny, I'd like to co-sign that they are one of my next bests my nap is Cheltenham at 11 to 10 and I, I'm I'm aware that this absolutely reeks of just going back into the warm embrace of Mike Duff when you're on a bad run and when you really just need to pick up a winner. And that's absolutely what this is. Like, I mean, <laughs> 100%. I still think Cheltenham are the most dependable side in the EFL. And of course, you might laugh because they lost in midweek against Bolton. And I don't think they played particularly well. I think in that case, their their performance, that dependable performance was... Uh, Well, it was a a poor one and Mike Duff was pretty angry about it, it's fair to say, in the press afterwards. He was quite chippy and I, I sort of listened to that smiling because I'm very confident that this will not lead to another poor performance. There are some teams, some managers whose grasp of their squad and whose sort of handle on things at their club are such that when you hear them slightly fly off the handle or a bit too chippy in their post-match interview after a defeat and when you weigh things up you might lean towards i could see this actually unraveling a little bit i could see the players not responding too well to that i would say the opposite When it comes to Mike Duff and Cheltenham, uh, I'm pretty confident they will be bang at it. And they're away to Barrow this weekend. Now, Barrow, definitely not as bad as the league position suggests, and definitely not as bad as five defeats in a row. And sadly, because of of those two facts, David Dunn lost his job. Um, I, I thought it, put it this way, if you're going to put a lot of weight onto performances versus results, as we do probably a lot more than the boards of most clubs and a lot of other people, then you have to look at this and say he looked a little bit hard done by. Um, they've been massively undermined just by big individual errors. And you could say that the system that Dunn had in place was such that he was he was putting, you know, players who, who weren't suited to it at risk of making big errors. And and ultimately that's what's cost him. And that's sort of the biggest criticism I can give of him. But I think it's hard to expect a ton from Barrow this season. And and I think if you look at individual games and if you spoke to the opposition they've played against, I don't think any of them necessarily have felt like they've come up against a team that's relegation fodder as their form suggests. So with that... I mean that's both a negative and a positive for this bet i don't think that the caretaker manager is going to get a huge boost in performance from this barrow side i don't think it's a case of the players being absolutely buzzing that dunn has left because he lost the dressing room or anything i just think they're pretty stretched they are probably doing their best and things haven't really fallen for them they don't seem to be able to get through 60 minutes without a glaring error let alone 90 minutes and Look, this is not the team that you want to come up against. We've said it before. You have to be on your A game in order to, to leave a game against Cheltenham with anything other than three points. Um, they've won 10 of their 18 games this season, Cheltenham, including five of their eight away games. So the fact of it being at Barrow, I'm not too concerned about. Um, I am, as I said, running back to Mike Duff. Cheltenham town my nap this weekend 11 to 10 uh, to do the business against Barrow. Uh, I'm not on a good run and I'm leaning on those I trust the most. So there you go. Next
1: best <laughs> for you George. Coventry draw no bet at Hillsborough at
0: 11 to 10. I knew it's another this. One where... <clears throat> I now do you know what happens when I when I take a first glance at the prices for the betting show more often than a scenario where I go, oh yeah, I fancy a bit of that. More often than that, I think to myself, I bet you George loves that. And this was one of them. T- tell would be quite a good tactic. What's that?
1: Just back those ones. Ignore mm, on your own clever. ones. Clever. <laughs> <Hey>,
0: uh, <laughs> Fair.
1: <laughs> Sheffield Wednesday, um, a-, a winless in eight mm. under Tony Pulis. They've lost their last four games in a row. They've lost Dominic Iorfa to injury midweek as well for a long time they in Mo, Moses Ade, Adebejo they have a player that 95% of the fans hope never pulls on the club shirt again their manager's been in charge for about three weeks and he's already having talks for the owner um, and he's already in the press whilst he's been very clear that he's trying not to let you know hang his players out to dry he's also made very clear that in his opinion he, he literally said after the game in midweek against Forest, he said, basically, the lads are giving their best. But with this lot, their best isn't good enough for the championship. So he's effectively saying, we can do whatever with this squad of players and it's still not going to be good enough, which, frankly, is quite clearly not true because you can see what they did at times under Gary Monk. You know, Tony Pulis and Sheffield Wednesday are, are treading water to January the 1st. Where if he's still their manager, which isn't a given, they are going to want to or they're going to try to completely um, restock the club and ship out players if they can do that. They're coming up against Coventry side who are unbeaten in seven, who are defensively incredibly solid. Um, and we'll go into this game full of confidence and really relishing an opportunity to play a Sheffield Wednesday side down on their luck, and put further distance between themselves and the teams in the in the in the bottom three. I I, I don't really understand the the prices here. I, I don't really get if you were to call these two teams different names and put pit them against each other, would the prices be different? I I, I don't really know. Um, I, I just. You know, it, it clearly wouldn't be a massive surprise to see Sheffield Wednesday win this game of football because it's a home game against a side who are, are probably still in the, the poorest eight or nine teams in the league. But whoever's backing them, I mean, they've drifted out now to the 29 to 20 with Skybet. I just don't understand how you could have any faith in that in that kind of a price. Um, and so the, the most effective way I think of laying it is just to back Coventry to a bet.
0: Okay. I'm up for it. Um my next best is Charlton. They're 6 to 5 to beat Swindon this weekend and I'm having a little bit of that because two reasons as always. You need two reasons I think for one of these. Um uh, I mean Charlton what a sort of slightly confusing season they've had so far. I mean the fact is they are very much towards the top end of the table. Uh, The fact is that had they played in midweek, which they did not because of a COVID outbreak uh, at Bristol Rovers, who were their supposed opponents, uh, if they had won that game, then they would be second in the table. And they are in a very healthy position points wise. They've got a very strong foundation to build on. And if I was a Charlton fan, despite just quite a poor run of results and a slightly concerning run of performances... I would be very confident that my manager and his staff, with the squad at their disposal, will improve things as the season goes on. Now, every single set of fans, more or less, unless they hate the manager, I think it's I think it's built into you as a football fan to think, oh, I'm sure we'll improve as the season goes on because, you know, the players will start to gel and, you know, it's just... A bit of a thing people say. like I, They'll get stronger as the season goes on. But of course, if every team, George, got stronger as the season went on, then the, the strength of that extra strength would be reduced completely and they'd all still be on the same wavelength. So... Um, of course, that doesn't happen. Not every team gets better as the season goes on, but I have Charlton down, as I have done, basically since they were able to to get those players in just before the end of the window, as a team that I expect to finish strong. Now, they certainly finished strong last weekend against Wimbledon. It, it, it wasn't just coming back from 2-1 down to win 5-2, but the manner of it, um, the atmosphere at the Valley created by 2,000 fans who were happy to see these goals flying in, but also the way in which the players looked Unshackled uh, from from previously poor performances was pretty encouraging, and it is pretty scary what Charlton can bring off the bench. Uh, Johnny Williams and Chucks Sanike certainly came off and made the difference there. But now that they've got Jason Pierce back at the heart of defence, they haven't got two players playing out of position there. Just him and Darren Prattley manning the fort at the back. But Gunter's moved back to right back. Fewer injuries, which is really positive. And in midfield, like they are just pretty stacked. You've got Marcus Madison wearing different coloured boots. You've got forster Kasky. You've got Shinny. You've just got a lot of very, very good footballers for the level. Um, and up top, Washington, Bogle, Anike. I wouldn't say I would I would necessarily trust any of them on any given weekend to to put in a consistent level of performance. But at their best, again, all three of them are, are worthy of of a, of, a, of, well, of just being good goal scorers at this level. So that they head into it. I think, especially having not played in midweek, had a rare rest in midweek that they will be firing uh, straight into Swindon this weekend. And it's a Swindon side who, I think it's hard to imagine them going into this game with a ton of confidence. Uh, it's another side, a bit like Barrow, who's losing streak. I think it's four defeats in a row now since that crazy win against Oxford in the derby. I, I don't necessarily think that, the individual performances in all four games have merited um, leaving with a defeat, but a bit like Barrow, there's just Sheridan's lines about good performances. I'm afraid are just being constantly undermined by um, individual mistakes and systemic mistakes that that basically have been giving the opposition a goal or two every single game. And I can't work out whether to buy what Sheridan is selling me. He's he's adamant that performances are okay. The underlying numbers back him up to an extent. The noises from the fans who are watching the games a bit closer than me do not back that up to an extent. They can't understand the way that he sets his team up. They can't understand the personnel that he's putting in various positions. At times, it looks like they've got about six centre-backs on the pitch, some of them at the back, some of them in midfield, some of them up top. Um, Either way, it's not working at the moment. And it kind of goes back to what I said earlier, like with Mike Duff, I can be very confident That his cheltenham side are not going to chuck in back-to-back stinkers but sheridan at swindon there's not a ton of evidence that makes me think that they will have some big rousing response Um, he might be right and their performance level might be excellent and finally they might get you know the rub of the green but i just think charlton head into this with the ascendancy i want to back them at six to five Uh, i think they're going to be right at it from the beginning that's what i'm hoping for so there you go charlton um, and scunthorpe were my next best cheltenham were my nap Um, but I've still got one NB to hear of from yourself.
1: Yeah, I've changed my mind. I told you it was going to be Norwich at home to Cardiff, who I have backed. But... (laughs) Earlier in the season, there was a segment of the show um, that I said should always be called... I can't remember who it was now, who I backed every week. Um, But now it should be Wickham, anyway, because I'm backing Wickham again, even though they seemingly kind of lose every week. Yes. Um, But... (laughs) Uh, Wickham draw bet better home to QPR at eleven to eight is a cracking bet in my opinion because again, when you look a little bit beneath the performance, the results and the performances, it's the, the luck has got to turn for Wickham. <laughs> like you go back to the Preston game where they were two one up and they conceded very late on. You think of the Barnsley game where they gave a very decent account of themselves. The Coventry game where they battered Coventry until it was nil nil and then continued to be the better side even when they were behind. And the Bournemouth match, where they were probably, you know, a, a red card away from keeping a clean sheet against the most potent team in the division. Every post-match interview from Gareth Ainsworth is basically the same. I'm incredibly proud of the lads. They were brilliant again. It's going to come. I, I know. He's like, I'm convinced it's going to come, and I'm with him. You know, I'm not sold on what he's saying. I'm sold on what he's saying because I see what he's seeing. They're a side who who can, are consistently on the receiving end of marginal defeats. For QPR, things are getting really concerning where they've scored one goal in their last four games. Now, this is a QPR side under Mark Warburton that we know have a lot of attacking talent in Elias Chair, in I um, Say Samuel, you know, the Lyndon Dykes making a nuisance of himself up front, even if he can't really finish. Um, but that part of their game is gone and they you know they, they might be a little bit better at keeping the ball out. I mean, they've kept one clean sheet in the last five or six still, so it's not like they're suddenly defensively very solid. Um, it, it makes sense for this to be a game of, like most Wickham games, of of not much going on in either box. But soon Wickham are going to come out on top of one of these. Um, I think it's it's frustrating for the bet uh, that they've been put into Tier 3 today because I think um, the fans would have made a difference here. Um, but even so, uh, you know they're, they're a good team at home. They're a decent side still. Uh, I'm still convinced that these wins are going to come uh, and I think they can get the better of QPR on Saturday. So, next up to finish up our long shots, uh, I'll
0: do mine first. And it's not a CB first goalscorer. Just taking a weekend off those, there was just really nothing, um, ironically, that leapt out at me uh, in terms of, of centre backs leaping onto set pieces. Um, I've got an 8 to 1 shot, and it is Ipswich to win and both teams to score uh, at London Road in their game against Peterborough this weekend. And It's a tricky one with ipswich it's not that i expect them to win the game otherwise i would have picked them uh as one of my sort of main picks it's that i don't think they are quite as unlikely to win it as the bookmakers seem to think i mean you can get four to one on them to win this game uh against peterborough and i mean firstly it's because posh's performance levels haven't been that impressive um they drew with mk dons in the week Uh, on the weekend they got a very easy comfortable win over Rochdale didn't necessarily make me rate posh any higher because the defending from from Rochdale was pretty horrendous um they played Pompey a few weeks ago and were easily the inferior side just as Ipswich played Pompey last weekend and were easily the inferior side i mean a huge part of this price just has to be um the sort of general vibe and narrative around things at the moment where you know posh were top of the league they dropped they dropped a few points in a few games and they dropped off the top of the league but their third and in general i think the fan base is pretty happy with that it's more or less in line with their expectations and they're not getting too concerned albeit at four defeats in five at one point uh in the in the second half of november in the start of this month did have a few people questioning fergie but it doesn't get the column inches that the ipswich versus paul lambert uh, issue is getting um now Two things can be true. I don't think that Paul Lambert is the right man to be managing Ipswich Town. I don't think that he is likely to help them achieve their dreams um, for a number of reasons. And I don't really blame Ipswich fans who don't enjoy watching this team and don't really want to support their team with Paul Lambert in charge of it. But I also think that they're not like one of the worst teams in the league like sometimes it gets talked about in that in that way because there are some pretty extreme views kicking around they've got 32 points from 18 games it's which they're, they're fifth in the table they've won 10 of 18 more than half of their games this season like even if we would say a lot of those wins have been unfair or lucky um, it doesn't stop the fact that it's just not a horrendous football team. Like even if they're not an automatic promotion contender in our eyes, they're just clearly not bad. And they've clearly got quite a lot of good players. And if you look at their, um, their starting 11 that beat Burton pretty comfortably, relatively comfortably in midweek, um, you know, it, it's not hard to look at that team and think, Jesus, you know, the individual quality here is is pretty good. Now I say all that to say that I basically think that the, There's just an overreaction to Ipswich being horrendous and and Peterborough being one of the better teams in the league when they're on the exact same points tallies and not really buying posh. Um, There's a bit of a statty side to this as well. Ipswich uh, have had BTTS in just about two thirds of their away games this season. All three of their, I know, two of their three wins away from home have been uh, with both teams to score as well. And as for Peterborough, I think everyone knows that they are the... The BTTS darlings, they have been for about 20 years, it feels like now. Um, they've had 75% of their home games. BTTS has not. So, um, you know, they, they haven't been particularly tidy defensively at home. And they haven't played anyone in the top nine yet either at home. So a bit of a punt. That's why it's a long shot. But at 8-1, to one, that, just, uh, that certainly caught my eye. And it'll be a
1: weekend of uh, hoping that Paul Lambert Zip do the business. <laughs> I think that that was the moment right there where they're not the top 20 betting show went full circle because I'm pretty sure for the first time ever we've heard someone say, ignore the data, ignore the performances, look at the lead table, which is normally what we say the opposite, you know, which is nice. So, you know, there's no reason why there isn't as much value in doing that as the opposite. Yeah, that's very fair to point out. I may have made a fool out of myself. I do think the, the, long,
0: no. the, I do think the long shot is more naturally going to be that is going to have that as part of the case because as we know the bookies absolutely love the performance data Definitely.
1: don't they yeah i agree with that entirely
0: what's your long shot this weekend
1: mine is also well mine is just a team to win without the btts part um mine is south to beat Mansfield at 17 to 4. wow now yeah, I'm, I'm having one bet in this game and it is literally just just that i'm not getting anything else because it's just you're just taking a chance on the fact that south end have improved and the price hasn't caught up yet is there reason to believe that they have improved yes is there is there a theory behind the reasons why they might have improved yes you know we've seen since the um, transfer embargo was lifted we've seen them pick up six points from two games against the two of the poorest teams in the division um we spoke on the totally football league show this morning about greg halford who signed at 6 30 and was scoring goals at 8 30 so that there is you know with senior players and better players coming to the side it makes a bit of sense and also given how poorly they'd started the fact they've won back-to-back games puts them in a much better position to possibly beat mansfield here than um than they would have been in before i mean there is you know an intangible confidence aspect here at play, where you know, this is a team that has won games of football recently, which which helps. Mansfield clearly enjoyed a good spell when Nigel Clough first took over, and the narrative, as peddled by myself, was that Clough had come in and improved them. You then pointed out to me something from Paul Riley, a and. A League 2 analyst whose Patreon you subscribe to that suggested that actually Mansfield performances hadn't really changed at all and lo and behold in their last three games they have made heavy weather of getting points against Crawley and Grimsby Grimsby's shortcomings we've obviously spoken about already and then they were beaten at Carlisle midweek basically there's a chance that Mansfield is still quite bad um, and I think the Clough factor has been put into the price a little bit too much and the narrative a little bit too much if End have improved a fair bit and Mansfield aren't actually that good then both of these prices are just like off it's, it's, an, it's a team who are feasibly much better than or much less bad than they seem to be and a team who are feasibly much less good than they seem to be so there's also every chance that End is still terrible and they get well beaten here so it's just a bit of a dart at them at a massive you know it's this is like a cup a cup game price this is a Premier League team play against a lower, lower path the Championship team price um at yeah, seventeen to four with Skybet. South end to beat Mansfield.
0: There you go. And,
1: and make it nine from nine. Imagine that. That would be
0: insane. Uh, Ipswich Office. Ipswich and both teams to score. And South End there's the long shots today. Uh, the last long shot is one of us getting more than five in the predictor this weekend that's the sky bet efl rewards at predictor which if you haven't been playing in december you haven't had the chance to win a thousand pounds for a free to play predictor game Uh, and this could be the weekend to give it a go because it takes what 20 seconds to download probably one minute to fill in your, your predictions, depending on how long you want to think about each one. You just have to enter a win or a draw or a win for the away side for each game in one set of fixtures, in one EFL division. And the top of the leaderboard for each league, each game week wins £1,000. So there's £3,000 up for gra- up for grabs this weekend. And surely before we finish this month of December, before 2021 hits us in the face in a few weeks' time, we could have an NTT20 listener winning £1,000. Nothing would make me happier apart from me winning £1,000. Uh, there's a prize draw for any ties at the very top of the leaderboard, uh, and there is an opportunity to win this weekend, but also on Boxing Day and in the uh, on the fixtures on the 28th and 29th. So please do get involved with the Skybet EFL Rewards Predictor. Make us happy this weekend by winning some cash for yourself. The cash rewards are courtesy of Skybet. And this is for selected fixtures from the 1st to the 29th of December. It's for over 18s only and further T's and C's do apply. George, before we go, please recap your selections ahead of this
1: EFL slate. The nap is Gunthorpe to beat uh, Grimsby away from home. Next best is Coventry draw no bet against Sheffield Wednesday, Wickham draw no bet at home to QPR, and finally Southend just to beat Mansfield is a long shot. That's Lovely. all. Lovely. Simple this,
0: as that. This weekend I'm backing Cheltenham at 11 to 10 to beat Barrow, Charlton at six to five to beat Swindon, Scunthorpe like yourself at 17 to 10 to beat Grimsby, and up the two one Tractor Boys Ipswich and BTTS at peterborough uh, that is my long shot at eight to one and that is it the sound of the start of your weekend is over thank you so much for listening guys let us know what you think at ntt20 pod thank you so much for listening to all of our pods this week if you have and the live stream on tuesday night if there's anyone who's done all of them fair play to you uh, you're a true fan of the pod have a great weekend everyone and um, we'll talk again on monday